Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever heard someone say that they just burnt an NFT or that there was a coin burn? The term is often used, but it is also misleading. Today, we will define what a burn actually means and discuss what happens to those tokens. Burns are very common on the Wax blockchain. However, they can be associated with any blockchain because burns take place all of the time. However, when it is usually reported on or how it's spoken about, it is not explained because it's just assumed that people know exactly what it means. But the phrase is actually very misleading because as we know with the blockchain, that's one of the qualities about it that we pride ourselves on being in this new Web3 system with blockchains and they're immutable. And immutable means that it cannot be changed. So how can something be burned, but there's also it cannot be changed? Because assuming that something can be burned, that means it's destroyed. But when we think of uh, immutable blockchains, we think of that data living on forever. And that's what's often uh, discussed and advertised, if you will, as the strength of Bitcoin or the strength of any blockchain for that matter, is that whatever data goes on the blockchain, it is there forever as long as that blockchain stands. And the only way to get rid of the blockchain is to get rid of all the computer scattered around the world that is helping to process and maintain this blockchain. So it is very hard to get rid of this information. So how is it possible that one of these tokens or these coins could be burned? And I think a lot of the misconception actually comes from the word burn, because when we think of that, we think of a fire, we think of, let's say, books, let's say an accounting firm is actually uh, getting ready to destroy all of their records, they'll either put it in a shredder or they'll burn it or whatever it might be. So that's like the picture of it being destroyed and turning into ashes, never to be seen again. However, with an immutable blockchain, that is not what happens. Actually, when something it is burned, it is actually transferred to a burn wallet. What does that exactly mean? This particular wallet is something that has no private key access by anybody. So the way it is set up when something is burned, all those assets, whether it be a token or an NFT or coins, whatever it might be, ends up being sent there and nobody can access it. So when we speak about the private key, we know that the address that we put online that we share with our friends or when we're minting, it is associated with our OpenSea account or it is associated with our Wax account, whatever blockchain it is, that wallet that we share when somebody wants to either send us funds or an NFT, that is the public key. But the private key is the thing that really gives you access to everything. That would be like the equivalent of, let's say, your fingerprint to get into an iPhone or your secret password that accesses everything. And as far as when you're going into your MetaMask or whatever wallet, a software wallet or even a cold wallet for that matter, there is a secret phrase. But all of those words, whether it is 12, 24, 15, depending on whichever wallet it is, that is actually not the information that is used to sign something onto the blockchain. The private key is. Those things are used to recover that private key and it is associated with that particular wallet. However, how it actually works is when there is going to be a transaction, the easiest analogy to use is an iPhone, is when you're using the Apple wallet, you use your fingerprint to authorize that transaction that goes to your credit card, your bank, whatever is connected to it. So it's the same thing as far as how this private key works. When you are signing a contract, an action to be performed, that private key gives that signature, which is like that fingerprint, and it authorizes that transaction. Now, 
What does that have to do with burning? Nobody has access to the private key for that burn wallet because anyone that has that private key has access to everything that's involved in it, whether the assets that are in it or signing contracts or whatever it might be, that is what is needed to utilize that wallet. And only the owner could do that. That's why they say, do not share your private key. Do not give it out your uh, secret phrase because you do that, you're going to give access to that private key. And honestly, most people don't even know that private key. They know the recovery phrase to access the private key, but that private key is a long string of random characters. And as I said, that is like the equivalent of a fingerprint. Each one is unique and that is what's authorizing everything. And since no individual has access to this, it is randomly generated through code and what have you. And no record was ever saved as far as what the private key was or or any kind of recovery phase or anything. No one can access it. So when something is burnt, it is actually sent to that wallet. It is not destroyed. And if you have the burn address for whether it is Ethereum or Wax or any other uh, blockchain for that matter, you can see all of the tokens, all of the NFTs, all of the assets that are in there. And it just sits there never to be accessed ever again. So why would anyone even do that? Why would you send an NFT or an asset or whatever to this particular wallet that no one can access? The main reason why it will initially be done is because something did not sell out. So if a new coin is being issued on whatever blockchain it is, and there's initial coin offering, it is being sold for the first time to the public. Let's say there is a period of time with whatever is being sold. If the, uh, just using simple numbers, if 1 million of these are sold for the next week, and if they're not sold after a week, whatever the, the number is, that is where the cutoff is going to be. The public sale stops and all the remaining balance is going to be burned. That is one reason why burnings do happen on a regular basis. Once that public sale is up, they destroy the remaining supply. The other reason would be there is some sort of error. Let's say when you are creating an NFT, for example, this has happened to me. I made an error on the Wax blockchain when I was creating the NFT, filling in all the information, and I filled out one of the forms incorrectly. So, of course, that cannot be removed. That information is still there, but the individual NFT that I minted and I used using all of that information, I ended up burning. Then I ended up creating new template, never to use that template ever again. So what actually happens is that quote-unquote burnt NFT is sent over to that wallet I'll never access it. No one will ever access it. However, if you really know where it was sent and you can view all the researching and tracking it down, you can actually see where it is locked up. It is frozen, but it is never really technically destroyed and gone. Another reason why uh, people burn some NFTs or some tokens is to have deflationary schedules. So for example, Ethereum and quite a few other tokens, they have a deflationary schedule built into their tokenization. Now, that is a whole bunch of big fancy words trying to say that they wanted to have more value over time. So let's say it initially starts off with a million. Each year, a particular percentage might be destroyed or not even just each year, whatever schedule that is supposed to be. And just using some very simple numbers, let's just say it is 10% is destroyed each year for its deflationary schedule. So what that would look like on year one, Let's assuming that all of these sold out, the circulating amount is 1 million. Well, in year two, 10% of those would be burnt and the circulating value would then go down to 900,000. And in year three, another 10% would be burned and it would go down to 810,000. You might be wondering, well, why would anyone want to burn these tokens, whether it be the NFTs or the coins or whatever it would be? What is the point of a deflationary measure? Well, it is the exact opposite of inflation. And the best way to describe inflation 
is to look at what happened to your fiat currency, whatever local dollar or pound or euro, whatever currency you're using in your local denomination. Look what happened to it over the last few years. All these governments were releasing and issuing COVID relief. Then uh, they were en- ended up printing more and more currencies. They were releasing it, whether digitally or whatever it might be, that the monetary supply was increased. In addition to that, all sorts of supply chain issues and all sorts of things. So prices went up ridiculously. But the main driver of that is the number of dollars or euros or whatever it might be that is in circulation compared to what could be purchased. And what ends up happening is over that period of time, two years or whatever it is since we've been in this state, that all the prices have gone up significantly. Why is that? Each of these individual currencies, whatever it is, let's say dollars, is worth less than it was three years ago. Just think of the amount of bread or pampers or milk or gasoline or anything for that matter that could have been purchased in 2019 compared to what could be purchased today with that same amount of money. That is inflation. The prices are going up. Now, with deflation, the value of the currency itself would be going up. So in the future, you can actually purchase more with less. So If these dollars or local currencies were deflationary, what would actually happen is the amount of gasoline, for example, that you could purchase in 2019 for $10, if it was deflating at 10% each year, just using some simple math, and I know no one's getting any uh, dollar gas anymore since the 90s. The last time I remember seeing this was probably when I was in elementary school, but let's just use this for simple numbers. It is a dollar a gallon for gas. So for $10, you can get 10 gallons worth of gas. With 10% inflation, the following year, $10 can only get you 9.9 gallon of gas. But the exact opposite will happen if there is 10% deflationary measures put into place, whereas instead of being able to get less, you'll actually get 10% more for that same amount of value. So you're going to get more gas for the same $10. And what this actually does is it makes each token, as I said, much more valuable. So what this does, anyone that is holding it over time knows that the longer that they sit on it, the more it's going to be worth at a future date. And what this does is it incentivizes people to hold, but it also incentivizes new people to buy and come in. And when the supply of what is being sold is actually less than the demand for it, what happens according to regular market conditions, the price goes up. And that is the reason why people want deflationary things. And a simple example of that or the most common example or way you're going to interact with that is Ethereum, or I should say Ether. The tokens are actually burnt during the mining process and everything, so it is deflationary in nature, meaning that over time, as all of these transactions are going on, there's going to be a less and less circulation of Ether in the network. So that is enough as far as economics and deflation and inflation and all that. I won't even go into that much deeper, but I just want to explain that. But the other reason, the last one I'm going to cover, a reason for why NFTs would be burnt is to receive whatever utility is associated with it. So for example, if there is something that could be redeemed for it, the NFT holder might send that in to redeem a physical item or whatever benefit it might be. Almost the same as using it as a ticket. When you go to the door for a concert or a movie or a sporting event, you give them that ticket and it is torn or used or whatever it might be. Similar situation there. Or in the case of, let's say, with wax, where you can 
Start from two or more lower forms of an NFT, combine them or blend them into a final form where it might have motion graphics, it might have all sorts of advanced features, which makes it more valuable. What actually happens to those initial build cards, those initial build NFTs that you're putting into it to get to the next level, those are actually burnt. They're sent to that burn address. And lastly, there might be a game or some sort of incentive done by the uh, creators of the project that is encouraging people to burn and it's not necessarily to redeem and uh, a blend or another version of it, but it is simply to burn the existing supply and they'll get something else in return. And in addition to that, the reason the benefit of the community or the project is that the remaining supply, the value of them goes up because there's less and less of them in circulation. So I've covered the most popular reasons why someone would burn, why this is even done, and explaining that it is actually not destroyed. It is sent to a wallet that no one can access. So the question is, what if someone gets access to this? They get the private keys and this actually becomes compromised. And now they have this massive treasure chest of supposedly destroyed NFTs, but they're all in there or tokens or whatever it might be. Just imagine going into a burn wallet and seeing all of those Ether tokens that were burned with gas fees and transaction fees over the last several years. That is a fortune, right? Well, yes, the hacker would have access to that. However, it would become worthless. Why would that be? If this was years of storing up burnt tokens and coins and what have you, if a hacker somehow gets into this, why would it be worthless? Because if this ever happens, word would basically get out that the network has been compromised. Someone has figured out a way to access private keys and get into wallets that no one should be able to access. Therefore, everyone that would be in the network would be vulnerable to attack. So if any hacker actually does this, figures it out, puts all the computing power in the world to actually be able to crack this code, get into one of these burn wallets and access it, it would create such mass panic in the market that it would absolutely make everyone abandon that blockchain withdraw everything off of their uh, wallet and just leave everything. They would convert their all of their tokens, all of their coins and everything and leave. There would be a mass exodus. So by any hacker getting into one of these burn wallets and being able to compromise it, they would actually be at a detriment to themselves. It's going to take a whole bunch of computing resources and expense to actually be able to do this. The computers that we have right now can't even do this, but let's just say somehow you manage a way to muster up a whole bunch of computing power and have the energy to do that as far as like the electricity and the power and everything. And you somehow manage to hack into one of these. Well, the reward for doing so would actually not be worth all the resources that would be expended because being successful, you're going to destroy the value of everything that you have worked so hard to attain. So does it look complicated as far as how to burn on a blockchain such as Ethereum for the simple fact that each of these transactions have all of those gas fees and et cetera that are associated with it. So you're not going to see burning as much as you will on say Wax because Wax actually has a button right there in the marketplace that you go into your wallet, you can look at your NFTs or on the market, whatever it might be, and you can just click burn, you confirm, you sign it, and it is quote unquote destroyed. Really, as I explained, it's going to that burn wallet. But as far as your wallet goes, your inventory and everything, it is completely off the market and it is very easy to do that. However, on Ethereum, it's a little bit more tricky. You're going to have to interact with all sorts of smart contracts and do different things. However, it is possible over there and any other blockchain for that matter. 
But because Wax has no gas fees, it is just right there built into it. And it's something that is very common and probably more so than any other blockchain as far as burning NFTs and burning tokens and all of that takes place over there on a regular basis. And speaking of Wax NFTs, if you would be interested in getting a free Nifty Business NFT, the easiest way to do that is to sign up to the newsletter at niftybusinessweek.com. Simply reply with your Wax address, of course, the public address, which is out there on your profile, and I will send you a free NFT that you can either collect, trade, gift, sell, or as this episode said, you can burn it. So as usual, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope it was helpful to you. And thank you for going on this journey with me as we build Web3 together. And I look forward to the next one. So later, the Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.